So a lot of people never knew this about me, but when I was in school, I took a bunch of acting classes on the low and I never told anybody. Just, you know. Bolton. What? Think you the high school musical? Nah, put me in Creed. They need to put me in Creed <laughs> oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 can be, I can do uh, Denzel training day easy. Yeah, I seen, I seen. Don't worry. <laughs> nah, it's like, nah, let me stop. They got to pay stop. you for that. They got to pay you for that. <laughs> What's good with y'all, man? Welcome to another episode of the Second Win Podcast. I am Geo. Here with Jay Mills. And today, we're doing things a little different. We know y'all used to us having to fire guests, but don't worry, we're going to get back to that. Today, we're going to take y'all into our lives, a little bit of our story. And we want to give our fans, our subscribers, our viewers, you know, just a, a look into our lives. Because from the outside looking in, it's like, who are these random dudes that just got all these celebrities on our podcast? Like, I got people asking me, like, who's Jarvis? I'm sure Jarvis got people asking him, like, Who's that funny, like, good-looking co-host that you got? But, um, Hell no, not the good-looking one. That's me. <laughs> but today, we're going to give you all a little insight into our lives. So, like, who is Jarvis Miller? Like, what is the trajectory of your life? How would you expect it to go? You know, how to, how is it different than what you planned? Um, it's crazy, man. Life, my life has been a crazy journey up until this point. Um, You know, since the age of five, actually, you know, my dad was has been in martial arts since like 40 plus years. So he had me and my sister doing martial arts since I could walk. So martial arts have, has been the foundation of who I am since the beginning of time. Uh, I'm a black belt and my sister is also a black belt. Um, and, you know, through that, I was able to do other sports, baseball, football as well. But martial arts is really the foundation of who I really am um, from a small suburb town in Connecticut. Um, and to be honest, man, the journey has just been insane. Uh, through martial arts, I was able to be on a fully sponsored team that traveled all around the world fighting. So I've gone to Ireland uh, to fight in the biggest tournament in sport karate. Uh, I've gone to damn near every state to fight in the U.S. At one point, I was a one for one, pound for pound in my weight class and my age group. Um, and that's kind of how my journey started off. And then, you know, transitioned into football at a later age, at the age of 13, um, and was able to take that to unbelievable levels. And I'll get into that, you know, later on in the show, but that's kind of like the basis of my foundation of who I am. And, uh, because of those, because of those things, I was able to earn a full scholarship to Penn state, uh, played there for four years. Uh, after that, I, uh, did my grad year at UMass. And then I had the opportunity to be with the best organization, in all the sports, uh, and the best head coach, in my opinion, no bias, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin. So that's kind of how my life trajectory kind of happened. And, you know, there's a lot of things around my along my journey that didn't go as planned that I'll explain later. But, you know, for the most part, I manifested everything up until that point. So, um, you know, I'm just blessed for the journey and, you know, the trajectory that I'm on. How about you? What, what do you think, you know, for your life and the things and experiences that you've gone through uh, about your journey? Um, I'm gonna get into my journey in a second, but like you do all that martial arts and you still can't beat me. I'll whoop your ass. Like though. that's really crazy. No, like, no, you no. really for the did all that martial in, arts and you really still can't beat me. I was about me. to say that for the people tuning in. Yes, I'm that guy. I'll whoop that ass. Like, but you can't beat me though. Like you might be able to beat everybody else, but you can't beat me. But we're gonna um See, off you, the camera, we're gonna talk about it on the yeah, camera. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you already um, know. <laughs> my life has not been what I planned for it to be at all. Like I grew up where I was born in Jersey and my family's third world. Like we're from Liberia, we're from Africa. So like when I was born, right around when I was born, that's when my mom and my dad first moved to America. Um, and they were still figuring out, like imagine you moving to another country right now 
and just trying to figure it out. That's what they were doing. So we moved around a lot. And, you know, early on, my parents, uh, you know, they split up and I hadn't talked to my pops as much. So really, it was just like me, my mom, my younger brother, my younger sister and my older brother who was, you know, in and out of doing his own thing. So it was really just like I felt like I was the man of the house, you know, like I was doing everything you had to like I had to mature at a very early age and I didn't have a problem with it. But even, you know, with that being said, I knew from the rip I wanted to work with like computers. Cause I was so a big, a I was a nerd, bro. I was a, like, I don't <laughs> look sure. like a nerd. Like you see me now, like you see my IG, like I don't look like it, but I was a big nerd, bro. Like I used to stay up all night playing the game until my eyes got bloodshot red. Like I was an MLG, like major league gamer. Like we had clans, everything, bro. I was crazy. And I was like, damn, like I got to figure out how to make this, like how to, how to make these things work. So I wanted to be a programmer. Like my, my dream was to work at Google. Right. And like, so I, I you know, I went to, college I played football at Kutztown Division 2 and it was cool but at the end of the day I was like if I can get a job at like Google or like Amazon or one of these places where you could be a developer I'm set you know those those dudes you know they do really well for themselves in the tech world um so after college I graduated I was doing the software development stuff you know on the on the journey that I envisioned and you know my best friend is Saquon our best friend is Saquon and he was like yo come to the draft with me so I was like all right bro like I'm gonna go to the draft, you know, see how it is. And I had met with, you know, his manager now, who's also like my best friend, like, you know, cuz. Like, yeah, he's my cause. best friend. Like he probably gonna be in my wedding. But at the time I didn't know who he was. And I sat down with him and I was like, yo, you know, what is this all about? Like I really wanted to learn the ins and outs of the sports management business because obviously what I did was cool, but this was dope. Like I love sports. Like I'm an athlete at heart. And um he kind of like, he was like, I'll bring you on, you know, I'll hire you. I'll bring you on board, but I'm not bringing you on because you're Saquon's friend. Right. So he had me like watching all these documentaries. Like I was reading all these books about the industry, like the do's and don'ts. And he was like, all right, now he was asking me like a bunch of questions, like intricate, like questions about the, about the industry and the stuff that he told me to watch and, and read. And it wasn't like stuff that you could just look online. Like you had to really watch. Um, and from then on, he saw my dedication and he would be like, all right, well, come to meetings with me, you know? So I would work my nine to five and then I would drive. I, my nine to five was two and a half hours from New York. So I would drive from there at five o'clock to New York City at like 730. And he would be like, oh, we got a we got a meeting with Chris Hemsworth. Right. So like Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Thor I'm like, yeah. bro, Thor, like That's I'm going, time. like I'm making that that drive. So I would drive there. Let's say that was a Thursday. And then I would drive back to work for Friday, Friday morning. And the next Friday, he would be like, oh, we got a meeting with like Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy, you know? So um, my life took a, a big change. And after, you know, a couple years just being around him, you know, credit to him. He taught me so much about the industry. You know, we started working together. Now he's my business partner. You know, we do we do everything together. And the opportunity he gave me was ridiculous. But what I thought my life was going to be it is completely different now. completely isn't it yeah it's not even it's night and day for real that's crazy so you know a lot of people don't know it's funny i was talking to my sister i was like you know great one played football yeah you know what i'm saying she's like no fucking way i said yeah this dude was a running back he was cold actually you know say was you know you always say this but it was your back uh like the yeah, backup at one backup point high you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying like you was that guy and you earned a scholarship to go play running back at Kustown. so tell me about like you know well you know the schedule of how it is at a 
premier or you know regardless division one or two the schedule was rigorous yeah. so tell me about like the other hobbies you know that you were able to do or that you couldn't do or things that you wanted to do but time was just so involved with football like tell me what other things that you did outside of that um yeah like you said the schedule is so rigorous and it's almost like you don't have time to explore what else you want to do you know like you don't even have time to like really find your other interests because it's like you wake up at five o'clock for morning runs, right? You do morning runs and then it's class check. So you can't even skip your 8 a.m. It's class check, right? And this is universal. Like from D3, from JUCO to D1, this is how it is. So you got class checks, you go to your 8 a.m., whatever the case may be, all your classes, you probably get like an hour to, you know, eat or whatever. And then you got lift in the middle of the day, like smack in the middle of the day. After lift, then you got practice, then you got study hall. Like, luckily, I wasn't in study hall, but our cameraman, Reef, he was in study hall sometimes. <laughs> um, luckily, I wasn't in study hall, but like, then you got study hall. And then when you get home from study hall, you, you do your homework. Right. <laughs> you got to wake up at six again. Like, I didn't really, I, I couldn't really find my other hobbies, but I always, like, something I always did was play the game. Like, nerd, look that, at you. That was my, like, that was my, hustle because you know in college like if you can make five hundred dollars like that's that's like winning the lottery damn, right. you damn near you so like every semester i would just find incoming like transfers to the team bust their ass whether it was 100 200 freshman who's good at 2k yo. yeah who's everybody think they're the best so it was yeah. like um and i was like i was like a pro gamer like yeah. i won the national 2k tournament so i was like i was serious in 2k but they didn't know that and i would just smack them like a spring semester would come and there would be new transfers coming in, not even just on the football team, but to the school. Mm -hmm. Philly dudes, Baltimore dudes. Everyone think they're good at everyone, 2K. Everybody think they're good. I'm like busting their ass. And I'm like, bro, let's play for $100. I beat them for 100 Then they'd be like, run it back. I'd be like, well, let's run it back for 10 Let them beat me. 100 again. Boom. That was my hustle. And That's it got crazy. so much of my hustle that like I started doing it for a lot more money. So like fast forward, I ended up playing Devin Booker for a big amount. Busted his ass. Right. Like, book, him if you see this, you, I know, was there. you know what it is. Gave him the business. Shakur Stevenson, like, we saw him at a fight. Bust his ass. Like, I'm like that at the game. So that was like, that was my hustle, you know? Like, that was the, really the only thing that I really did. Like, play football and play the game. Like, that's it. What is, like, what, the same question for you. What was your hobbies? Like, what different things interested you? Well, it's funny because we talk about this all the time, you know, especially in our community from an early age, what what do our parents do? They put a ball in our hand or they put a ball in our hand or football or basketball and, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, honestly, I have been finding out my hobbies now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm 25 and it's like my whole life I never knew what my hobbies were. You know what I'm saying? And now I have, I, that I've had time to transition and actually have time to myself because you already know how it is, bro. From the ass crack of dawn till late at night, it's football in school. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do nothing else. So, it's like, now I actually have time to you know, reflect and look back like, yo, what do I really like? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my whole life has always been football. So it's like, damn, like who is Jarvis outside of football? What are your hobbies? You know, I love music. You know, I'm passionate. Y'all always crack on me for the 90s and 80s music. You know what I'm saying? Like, Y'all know about that DJ. real shit. Um, but, you know, I credit that to my dad because he wouldn't allow me to, to listen to rap when I was a kid. So I used to always try to put my CD in or have my aux in his car and he'd always, man, take that shit off. Yeah. And he would always, you know, have some Boys the Men and or uh, Earth, Wind and Fire. So, you know, my passion for music, uh, I love music. Honestly, just like I'm a just 
I'm a music connoisseur. You know, I love listening to music. And, uh, you know, one of my other hobbies, I love to act. So a lot of people never knew this about me. But when I was in school, I took a bunch of acting classes on the low. And I never told anybody. Just, you Troy know. Bolton. What? Think you the high school musical? Nah, put me in Creed. They need to put me in Creed <laughs> oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can be, I can do uh, Denzel training day easy. Yeah, I seen, I seen. Don't worry. Nah, let me stop. They got to pay stop. you for that. They got to pay you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I love to act, and uh, you know, I found my passion while I was playing football because I was like, damn, I really don't know who I am outside of the yeah. game. So um, you know, acting for sure. Uh, you know, I want to pursue that later on, obviously. Um, but you know, I love music and I. Honestly, we talk about this too, you know, uh, I journal now. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's another hobby for me. Uh, you know, take my mind off of things and just, I'm able to reflect and just sit back. So I think those are my hobbies right now. And I'm still learning about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know how it is when you walked away from the game and whatever, there's a lot you learned about yourself. Yeah. So for me, man, I'm just continuing to find out what I like and what I don't like. And, you know, I'm blessed to just be on that journey. Yeah. To what you said, like the first thing you said, how they put a ball in your hand or like a mic in your hand is like, that is so ingrained in our heads, especially black men. It's like you ask nine out of 10 black kids what they want to be. They're like, oh, I want to be an athlete. And that's dope. There's nothing wrong with that. You put your mind away, you could be that. But it's like, that shouldn't be the only thing that we could see because they like what's they preach to us. This is the only way to, you know, move your family out of the situation or do this or do that. And like being in the profession that I'm in now, I'm realizing there's so many ways to make Money, like there's so many ways to make money. It's not like you have to go pro, and that's what's that's what's instilled in us, and that's why we go so hard over sports. And then it's like an identity crisis when you don't <sighs> go to the league or you don't, you know, become a famous musician. And it's like they don't have really any other identity. That's why, and you know, I know people like that. Is like that's all they know when they're done. Like, damn, bro, like. What do I do now? And it's like everything you do is so like planned out for you. You know, like your meals are planned out. When you sleep is planned out. Like to tell you when to shit, tell you when to wake up. Yeah, tell you like when to how eat. you even talk. You know like you get media trained. Like how you even talk is yeah. planned out. Yeah. And it's like once you're done with that, even working out, bro. Like after I got done playing, working out was like, damn. Like before it was like, all right, I'm going to beat this dude out. Like I'm going to get on that body index. You know, mm-hmm. pound for pound, pound for list. Pound. I'm gonna get on that list. I'm gonna squat 500 pounds because I know this dude not squatting 500 pounds. But after you done and you working out, it's like, why am I doing 15 reps of this when I could just do eight and just right. go about my day? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason for all that. But it's so hard to find motivation. It's so hard to find like purpose with lifting, and it's so hard for other people to find purpose in life because it's like that's what that's the only thing you know, and that's why like on my IG you don't see none of my. You know, none of my That's a fact. You're right. football stuff because it's like that was a past life. I'm in my second win now. You know, I'm doing my other stuff. I ain't, you know, people that know me when I play football, that's dope. Like, you know, you know that that great one. Right. Right. You don't know this great one. I'm a complete different person. But that's because I didn't want to be that dude who only knew, you know, sports. Sports. Right. I agree. Um, You know, it, it, it's crazy. But what do you think? What do you think the toughest part about being an athlete was? Um, I say that's a good question. The toughest part about being an athlete is staying dedicated, I would say. Well, not staying dedicated, but just that process of always being at your best, mm-hmm. right, at all times. And 
perfection is not real, right? We chase perfection, but perfection is not a real thing. No one's perfect, right? So when people say practice makes perfect, that slogan is actually wrong, right? Practice makes progress, mm-hmm. right? So when you say the word perfect and all these things and, you know, you put so much pressure on yourself, I think that was my biggest thing. Um, that was the hardest thing about being an athlete was wanting to be perfect all the time. And whatever I did, you know, we're perfectionists. We're, we're the little things matter to us, right? And I think those little things are what make us great um, in whatever profession we choose to do. But for me personally, I would say that, man, just, you know, learning to have a balance that it's okay to fail, Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's okay to bounce back and that you don't have to be perfect every single time. Uh, so that would be some definitely advice I would give as well. But that was definitely my hardest thing. You know, just knowing that that being perfect all the time didn't mean that you were doing something wrong. For you on your journey, right, what would you say was the most important thing that you learned that you still take to to this day? The most important thing that I've learned in my journey is to stay level. You know, never get too high and never get too low because I've learned in this industry that I'm in now, the sports world is like you could be at your peak one day. Right. And the next day you could be in your valley. So and I've seen that over the five years that I've been in this. And it's like I've learned that you can't you know, you can't be too on top of the mountain or else you could get cut down in a second. Like, you know, like 100%. The, the business is really, is really crazy. Doggy dog world. It's a doggy dog world. And on top of that, like, just be, just be confidential until it's done. You know, like just work in silence. Like you don't have to be all loud on social media. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Like a lot of people don't even know what I do still to this day. <laughs> people, literally people send me your page be like, yo, what does great one actually do? And I'd be like, the man's a fucking myth. I don't know what the fuck this guy does. Yeah, like a lot. Of, that's why I'm very like confidential about what I do because, you know, people like to ruin good things. So it's like, 100%. you don't want to tell everybody your business. You don't want everybody in your face. Everybody telling somebody else your business is like the people in my circle know about my life. And that's how I like it. You know, I like my confidentiality. I like, you know, being to myself. I like being in my little bubble. I like you know, my circle small, like this small, like a, like a dance, like an uncrustable, like <laughs> that small, you know? So, you know your ass like uncrustables, bro. You be eating all the uncrustables that when I have them in my crib, boy. You don't be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you and know, be hiding them from me? Forget it, forget it. But right, yeah, nice. bro, that's, that's, I would say that's the most important thing. What about you? What you think? Um, The most important thing I learned on my journey that I would, you know, I still take to to this day and I would take for the rest of my life is be where your feet are, right? I think when I was younger, I had a really hard time being where my feet were, you know, and, and, and smelling your flowers in the moment, man, and just mm-hmm. realizing what you are doing, right? So a lot of people are focused on the future and they and it takes away from the great things that they're doing in the moment. So for me, man, that was my biggest thing was just, you know, reaping the benefits of the things that I earned and being proud of the things I earned. Like to this day, like I don't, I'll talk about it uh, later, but to this day, like I don't even remember how it feels to graduate. Like, you know, so many things were on my mind when I graduated from Penn State and it's like, I was more focused on the future. I didn't even care about that degree at that point that I earned. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, looking back, I'm, you know, that's one thing that really I regret. That's probably the only thing I do regret, but that's my biggest thing, man. I take be where your feet are because you're going to miss out on so many moments in your life if you don't. And you don't want to have regrets when you're older about, damn, I really should have stopped and smelled the roses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people are doing great things, but they want instant gratification. So they're always looking for, to see what's next. Yeah. Right. Instead of enjoying the process and being like, damn, I've come this far and I'm right here. 
I should be proud of myself. Right. Like, I feel like that is something that I take and that's the biggest thing I've learned on my journey. That's dope. What do you, what do you think you're most proud of on your, from your journey? Um, that's a really, that's a really good question too. The one thing I'm most proud of, um, no matter, no matter how many times I got knocked down, bro, I got back up. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, that's something that my dad always, my, not just my dad, but my parents just always instilled in me. I'm like that fucking fly at a cookout. You just keep, yeah. you, that motherfucker just keeps coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. You know what I'm saying? You knock me down, bro. I'm getting up every single time. So throughout my journey, and you're talking about with the first question to the trajectory of your life and what I thought was going to happen really didn't go the way I planned. Yeah. So all those bumps and hurdles and stuff like that, man, it just really, some, I've caught in multiple wins. You know what I'm saying? This ain't my second win. This might be my fifth win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, just getting back up, bro, and just continuing to strive and be my best uh, for sure, bro. That's definitely something for me that I took. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, what I'm most proud of. I think I'm most proud of like my reputation mm. and how I treat people. Like I take, that's a real good one. Yeah. I take great pride in treating a mailman. Like I treat the CEO. And I feel like sometimes people will get lost in status of whoever the person is and they forget to treat people like humans, you know, it's like, um, I think my grandfather told me this. He said, it's better to be rich with people than to be rich with money. Mm. Right. So I take that everywhere I go and I make sure that when that person leaves my presence, they're like, that was a good dude. You know what I'm saying? Leave an impact on somebody. Yeah. Like that was a good dude. Like he was a good person or anybody you ask that knows me. I take great pride in the fact that they can't be like, yo, that guy was awful. You know what I mean? And like, obviously you have your falling outs with whoever, but I try to you know, I learn from any any situation that I have and I try to make it a point like to always treat people good because, you know, you never know when you're going to cross that bridge again. <laughs> Life is a full circle. Life is a circle. And especially in this industry, like the world is so small, like everybody knows everybody. So you do one wrong thing that tarnishes your reputation. This person's going to know that person's going to know that person's going to know that person's going to know. And you're going to have a bad name in the industry. So it's like, I try, I treat people as, you know, for good or for bad. You know, if we have a falling out, whatever the situation is, I make sure that everything's done correctly and that everything's done out of love. But as you should, though, you should treat, everyone should treat people like that. Yeah, you but, know? yeah, for sure. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, damn, Gio, like, you're so nice to everyone. And it's like, that's not a norm to a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, damn, Gio, like, you're just nice to everyone. You treat everyone the same. Like, you know, like, that's surprising to people. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I hate seeing people of, you know, certain status or certain money or whatever the case may be treating someone else like they lesser mm. you know like just because you have a certain status or you have a certain dollar amount doesn't make you above this person you know i i think that's one of my like things that i loathe like i hate that the most you mm, know me and you both yeah so that that's what i you know that's what i'm most proud of i think you asked 20 people 19 and a half going to say He's a good dude. And the person that that's half on one side and half on the other, I probably just beat him in the game or something. He was just mad at me. Holding grudges. But, yeah. um, so, you know, just looking back and, you know, I don't know this personally, so I'm excited to hear your answer. But who inspired you or inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, the person I think inspires me the most is my mom. Like, because... You know, when when she was by herself, she was looking out for me, 
my brother and my sister. And like from then on, she went through so much that now in my life, I'm like, there is nothing that could happen to me that I'm going to fold because I've seen all that she went through, you know? So it's like, and I have such an appreciation for single parents because it's like, especially single parents that are like my age, because I'm still figuring stuff out now. And they have kids, some have multiple kids and they go to work. They take their kid to school. They find a way to pick their kid up from school because they still working while the kid is in school. They find a way to put clothes on their back. They find a way to put food in their mouths. And I'm like, bro, these people are super heroes. heroes like now. in my head, I'm like, that that is surreal to me to even think about. Like to even think about right now, I'm like, yo, it, it's nuts. So I think my mom just inspires me the most. And I'm like, anything I do, I'm like, Full force. I'm so ambitious. And any, you know, any divot that I have on the journey of whatever I want to do, I'm like, man, I just like I brush it off because I really saw my mom go through some like real shit. So I'm like, nothing like nothing can phase nothing you. Can phase me. No, you're right. You know, like it's going to take shit. I don't even know what it can take, <laughs> but it's going to take something crazy for me to be like, yo, I'm defeated. Right. Like I can't get back up from this, you know. So, you know, that's my biggest inspiration for real. How about yourself? Um, it's funny, right? So this may this may sound crazy, uh, or maybe a little egotistical or cocky, or you know whatever you say. I like to call it confidence, but um, to be honest, my parents really gave me the tools to be my own inspiration. You know what I'm saying? So I never looked at anyone as an inspiration. I like I inspired me. Like I always thought, like I want to be that guy that people look up to. Um, so for me, my parents always taught me to be a leader and never a follower and speak up for things I agree with or disagree with and be my own person. You know, I would say I'm a type of person that walks in my own beat. You know what I'm saying? I treat everyone the same, no matter who you are. Um, so I wouldn't say anyone specifically inspired me. If anything, growing up, my dad would be like, you see your cousin over there? Or like, you see this dude, your friend? You don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I always use that as like, okay, how to walk throughout my life and what not to be. And my parents gave me everything that I should be, right? I just didn't even realize it. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. I was an inspiration to other people and I was doing everything right. And I'll also say there's certain moments where I was inspired, right? So for example, uh, you know, but I got the opportunity to go to Jay-Z and Beyonce's house when Saquon saw a rock. And, you know, that was... I say that like that was an inspiring moment. Like I wasn't inspired by Jay-Z, right? Being in his presence was amazing, right? But he's a man like me. So I never looked at it like that. But like walking into his house, like seeing a fucking Picasso. Mm -hmm. Like, bro, I never seen no Picasso in my life. You know what I'm saying? This dude had a butler. Yeah. Bro, like I'm just like, yo, this is what black excellence looks like. Right. Like this is what, you know what I'm saying? Having money, being comfortable and black love and black, and you know what I'm saying? Just everything to the T. You know what I'm saying? Being in the presence of Beyonce, meeting her, shaking her hand, like, bro, that's dope. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't so much the Jay-Z part. It was more like, yo, like I'm looking in the house like, yo, I need that. Why not me? Why not me? The yeah. big cars all black. Like, yo, like I need that. Mm -hmm. Like, so those certain moments, even when I go to Say's house, it's like the same thing. Like I'm be sitting in the crib like, damn, like, bro, I, I need this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like those inspire me. I, no man, I don't think has like inspired me because like, in my opinion, like, I want to be my own inspiration. Yep. I want people to be like, yo, that dude Jarv, like, yo, like, he does everything the white right. I want to be like him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's definitely why I'd say inspiration-wise that I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, so when you called me, you know, and you was like, yo, let's start this podcast. What was your reasoning? Like, what, what do you think the biggest reason for starting this podcast would be? 
dating back to my Penn State days when I was in school, man, I dealt with a lot of mental health issues, um, things that I didn't really divulge to people or talk about. And bro, I was really struggling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that was being emotional all the time, you know, I was just not a good person in that era that I would say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was it was hard for me, you know, dealing with the pressures of myself, dealing with the pressures of big time college football, dealing with, you know, I would say like the coaching and the coaching staff, you know, and the political things that go along with it. Um, it really took a toll on me when things go wrong. What do they do? They turn the drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not saying that's what I did. I was definitely for sure. I was drinking more. And, um, like I was doing things I shouldn't have, you know what I'm saying? I was just like really in a bad spot. So I'm just telling the story cause people don't know. So, you know, I was drinking a lot more. Um, you know, if I'm being transparent, like I was very depressed and, you know, I would, when I was sad, I would pop an Adderall cause Adderall was the only time that I felt happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I knew that like, you know, my situation, like not because of my mental health, but also football wise, I was like, I need a fresh start. So I grad transferred to UMass, you know, did my thing, blase, blase, did what I had to do, got my film. Um, and then I had the opportunity to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so I did my pro day. Um, I got picked up two days after. And when I tell you that, it was probably one of the best days of my life. Um, you know, to this day, I've never seen my dad so excited. Like, you know, a lot of men don't show emotion. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't seen my dad like that my whole life. And, you know, it like it brought tears in my eyes to see my dad so happy that he did that. We accomplished it. It wasn't just me. My Without my dad, I'm nobody. You know what I'm saying? He'd be out there running hills with me when I was in high school. You know, I couldn't go out. My dad'd be like, yo, you get your 20 hills in? And he'd get out there and run with me. I'd beat mm -hmm. him, but he'd do it with me just to show me, like, I'll, I'll do anything you do. Yeah. I'll never make you do something I wouldn't do. That's important. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I when I got that call and I called my dad, it was like one of those things, like, yo, we just cried. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, I learned a lesson from that. Everything that you think will make you happy is not always true. Everything that glitters ain't gold. You know what I'm saying? Not everything glitters ain't gold. So I had the opportunity to be with Pittsburgh uh, from March to August. And I was cool, man. Like I had my mental health struggles when I was in college, but I was like, bro, when I get to the league, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm cool. I'll be happy. And, you know, being young and naive, I, I didn't really know. I thought you could just push that shit away and be cool. And, you know, I got to Pittsburgh and camp started, bro. And I was really struggling with my mental health, you know, and a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, every day throughout camp, man, I was having panic attacks in my hotel room. I'm talking, you know, dark shades, all that, you know, I'm crying every day. Like I really hated my situation. I hated my life. You know what I'm saying? And to the outside world, you'd be like, yo, Jarvis living his best fucking life. Like he's that dude. Mm -hmm. Dude's got no clue what I'm going through. You know what I'm saying? So um, they cut me. Um, they cut me uh, for, you know, numbers reasons. Numbers, yeah. Right? So, but for some odd reason, bro, it felt like a weight got lifted off my back. Mm -hmm. For some odd reason, like that's not how I'm supposed to be feeling. Yeah. But that's how I felt. They called me back that same day at five o'clock and said, yo, we want to sign you back. Yeah. And uh, I sat there and I was like, yo, how I'm feeling is not, good like i'm not in a good space bro yeah and i made the conscious decision what i thought was the best decision for myself to respectfully decline and not go back mm -hmm. and to go back home to focus on my mental health because i felt like if i put myself back in that situation 
I was only going to be worse. Yeah. And, you know, whether you agree with it, not agree with it, I'm my, I'm my own man. I make my own decisions, you know. And at that time, I was strong enough to realize that, like, at that point, bro, the only thing that football could have brought me was money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I make money. Money don't make me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I choose myself over I choose over money or any situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jarvis, the person, is a way better, way better person than Jarvis, a football player. Yeah. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? So to me, I decided to walk away at that point and go back home, which is probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. And when I went back home, you know, uh, you know, bro, you know, we talk all the time, but I was really down bad, you know, depressed. You know, I felt lost. Um, and uh, I really, I felt like someone hit me with a fucking uppercut in my stomach and I couldn't breathe. Like, you know what I'm saying? In terms yeah. of catching my second wing, because I didn't really know what to do. You yeah. know, so, you know, through the grace of God, bro, I, I go to therapy consistently. Um, and I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed for sure. I go to therapy consistently. I take medication, you know, and I'm in a way better headspace right now to be the best jar that I can be. Cause for a while I wasn't, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just grateful, bro, you know, all part of the journey. And that's my reason for wanting to start this podcast, you know, just to show people that, you know, everyday people go through real shit, yeah. you know, and that, you know, it's okay to feel certain things and it's okay to bounce back and keep going. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what nobody thinks. If it was up to what people thought, I'd still be playing in the league right exactly. now. You know what I mean? So I, I do what I want to do and what makes me happy. You live one life. We're here for 70 to 80 years, bro. You know what I'm saying? Life is too short to be doing what someone else wants to do. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Validation to others. Yeah. And I feel like I, at one point I was doing that. You know, mm-hmm. I was maybe doing it because other people were living through me and I felt like if I had quit, then I would have shot off their dream. Right. You know what I'm saying? Instead of listening to my heart and be like, yo, what is what makes Jarb happy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely think, bro, for me, you know, looking back, I wish when I was at Penn State, I had not even someone to talk to, but I would say maybe like a program or things that were in place for me to talk. So maybe when I got to Pittsburgh, those mental health issues wouldn't have coincided. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny, it's ironic that Penn State plays Ohio State this week, but Ryan Day actually... Uh, there was a special on him about three weeks ago, about three, four weeks ago, about how his dad committed suicide when he was about nine years old and how mental health is so prevalent in his life and how he brings it up. So he actually donated a million dollars to mental health research. And it's something that he talks about in his program. Yeah. It's like, yo, them dudes is balling and winning. So they doing something right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I, I just wish some things were in my forefront. So I was able to express myself a little bit more. But bro, to be honest, bro, that's the reason why I want to start this podcast, bro, with you. Just give people a platform to really be themselves and be vulnerable and talk about real things because I feel like we don't do that as people and people of color. So yeah. what about you? What that, was your reason for starting this podcast? Um, That was deep. That was, and I knew about, you know, most of it because that was the time where I was most proud of you. Like to step away from football because everybody from the outside looking in, first of all, they don't even know how much NFL players make. Like they think you could get, they think if you get drafted in the first round, you get drafted in the seventh round, you make the same amount. They have no idea. But it's also so stressful to be in that situation. Like you could get cut at any moment. You can go from Pittsburgh to California, from California (laughs) to Texas, from Texas to Florida, from Florida to Michigan, like in a second, like and everybody in that situation isn't always happy. Like we know people that's in the NFL that's not, that hate being in the NFL. And I think that was the number one. That was another thing for me. I was just like, bro, is I didn't expect other people to feel the same way. I I yeah. felt what I just said, <laughs> a thousands more people, like thousands of people feel the same way. I just said, they're just not 
courageous enough. I'm not saying, I wouldn't say courageous enough. They just are not willing to say what I just said. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I don't care about anyone's opinion. Like, that's how I feel. And other people feel like they're trapped and, you know, you're put in a box and we got to do certain things. Right. Um, I would say my reason for starting the podcast, like when you called me and I was like, yeah, I'm going to jump on this. is just because I feel like we're too connected and we know too many people not to give them a platform to speak their mind. You know, like there's so many people who have to, you know, shelter the way that they think because, you know, they, they're trying to be politically correct or whatever. And obviously they're not going to say everything on our podcast, but our relationship with a lot of people lets them be comfortable, you know, so they can sit down and they could talk about, you know, whatever the case may be. And I feel like um, it gives people like a clear vision of their, these quote unquote celebrities or these famous people. It gives them like transparency, you know, because sometimes people from the outside looking in, they don't they treat them like, like they robots. You know, like when say plays bad, there's people threatening his life over football, over football. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. when there's people talking about his family over football, like. It, yeah, it's a dope game. America loves it. But at the end of the day, it's a game. Like, he's a human. You know, he goes through real-life emotions. So ha him having the platform to sit on here and be like, yo, like, I was messed up. You know, like, I had to lean on you. I had to lean on Jarvis. I had to lean on my family. That gives people, you know, a look into Saquon's head like, damn, you know, he really was going through that. Or Taylor sits here and she was like, I was self-conscious because they didn't know how to do a black woman's makeup or I had black features. You know, they're like, damn, like, we always thought she just rolled her way into Thursday night football. They don't know that she had to overcome that. Say had to overcome what he went through. Like even Bob got on here and talked about his drug addiction. Like he did meth. Like people don't know that, you know? And it's like, he could, he could get on here and talk about what he went through. And it's, that's his second win. Or like miles get on here and say, listen, all my friends that I played with when I was a kid are dead or in jail, you know? And these people aren't talking about, catching their second win through anything that involves money. You know, they're just talking about, say got in here and said, I, I leaned on my, my circle. I leaned on my people. Taylor got in here and she said, I looked myself in the mirror and I said, you don't fluke your way to success. Bob got on here and said, listen, man, I found my talent and I treated people good and they treated me good in return. Miles got on here and said, you know, I had to mature very quickly to get to where I'm at, I had to sacrifice nights where my boys was going out and some of them might have got shot and I was in, in the weight room doing that. So it's, it's just a, it's a reflection of these people's mind because they don't talk about this stuff a lot. And it's like, these people, everyone needs to see. And I want to build this show to the point where, you know, your second win doesn't have to be, I tore my ACL, I'm leading the NFL in scrimmage yards, I'm him. You know, your, your second win could be, I was on food stamps. I had a child five years later, you know, my child's in school and I just got my first apartment. That's a second That's win. That's a second win for sure. The second sure. win could be, I was a felon, you know, I was in jail. I got out and they try to get me back in the streets, but I figure something out and now I'm making a decent living. That's a second win. Like I want to build this show to a point where people can jump on here and they don't jump on here for, we got this celebrity, we got that celebrity. They jump on here because they're like, yo, I'm going through something right now and I know, like, I might be able to sympathize with whoever's on there and I might have gone through the same thing and this might help me get to that next point in my life where I jump over that hurdle. You know what I'm saying? So that's really my main reason for starting this. Like, it's it's a lot of podcasts that 
you know, they don't really have any direction. They just, they jump on there and they talk about your love life. They talk about your sex life. They talk about so many different things. But I feel like we have a direction. We have a point and we, you know, it matters to other people. Whereas, like, when you jump on the Second Wind podcast, we're not going to talk about how you and your girlfriend was having sex. We're not going to talk about that. We don't care about that. We don't care about that. Like, we want to know what you went through, how you got past it, and how other people can learn from this, you know? Other people that go through shit like that. So, I mean, yeah, that was that's my, my I, I also think it's pretty uh, cool to realize, like, everyone's support systems. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, the people that come on there are like, yo, like, how are these dudes, like, the dudes that made it to the point where they are never did it by themselves, right. right? So, even when you were catching your second wins, it wasn't just you. You leaned on your mom, me, say, other boys, you know what I'm saying? Mike, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm just guessing. Like, for me, throughout my second wins, like, my parents, of course, uh, Randell. Actually, Randell will definitely be watching this. And uh, something that I would say when I was going through that transition of when I came back home, his team was undefeated going to the state championship. And every week, that's what kept me going. Yeah. I would go to his games, and that would keep me dry. Like, that would keep me at bay my mind for the week and they won a state championship and that was one of the best experiences that I've had I've never told him that so when he watches this you know shout out to Randell GS and Peanut for sure Cromwell Connecticut you already know but um you know everyone's support systems is so important right we all have a support you're a huge huge pillar in my support system you know what I'm saying so without you you know what I'm saying I wouldn't have got to this point where I'm at from a mental standpoint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think the people that come on the show, like say, a lot of people don't know say support system or Taylor support system or Miles and whoever comes on the show. So I think people digging into that side of their life is, is amazing for people to see that you can't for do sure. it by yourself. Yeah. And you part of my support system too, just so you know. Like, oh, I, don't, sure. I don't tell for you sure. that. Nah, for sure. Like, you know, I'll be on some jokey joke nah, stuff all the time, sure. but like you part of my, you helped me through like some really hard times in my life. I think you know what I'm talking about, but like, I already know. yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a little tricky, <laughs> bro. We don't, people don't understand, man. We we made a hundred dollars last what a, a week long and a half. damn time, bro. A long damn time, a long bro. time, um, for real. But what's what do you think? Some advice that you could give to anybody about anything watching? Um, believe in yourself. Yeah, you know, bottom line, it don't matter. I don't care if your parents doubting you, your friends doubting you. You know, whoever, you know, just always stay true to who you are. Know your worth, you know, know where you belong, know what you're good at. Um, You know, um, one of my favorite quotes uh, was one of my favorite. One of my favorite quotes is from from one of my favorite rappers, J. Cole. And he was like, there's always going to be a better whip than the one you got. There's always going to be some fresher clothes than the ones you rock. There's always going to be a better girl out there on the tour but you will never be happy until you love yours. So love what you got. Be grateful for what you have, not what you don't got. You know, always be in the moment, but stay present and just chase your dreams. You know, only person that can stop you is you. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, that's big time. You know, I'm big on confidence. You know, um, that's why I love the ditties of the world. You know, uh, the Dame Dashes of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like their personalities are brash and bravado and come off as assholes, but them dudes worked their way up from nothing to something because they were confident who they were. Yeah. So, you know, be be your own inspiration. Don't lean on anyone for in terms of wanting to be somebody like like somebody else. Be be the best version of yourself so other people can be like you and strive to do better and make impact. Um, and that's yeah. all I'm here for. I'm here to do the two eyes, impact and inspire. So right. when I leave, 
you know, this earth, if the only thing they could talk about is football, I failed. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want people to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy where people are like, yo, that dude Jarvis, like he was a dope football player, but yo, he was a great fucking person. Like I want my son to be like him. Yeah. Like, that's what I would say. How about you? Um, the advice that I could give is just don't get lost in the valley of despair. Right. So any successful person goes through five emotions before they reach the pinnacle. Right. The first emotion is uninformed optimism. Like they're like, damn, I like that idea. Let me try that. Right. The second emotion is informed pessimism. So then they're like, damn, like this shit is kind of hard. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could do that. The third emotion is the valley of despair. And that's where 99.9% of people fail because they're like, that emotion is like, damn, like this is hard. I'm going to do something else, right? They don't know that the fourth emotion is informed optimism. Like, damn, I know this is hard. I'm going to get past this, right? And then the fifth emotion is success, fulfillment. People don't get to the fifth emotion because they stop at the valley of despair. And once they get to the valley of despair, they're like, damn, this is hard. Let me try something else. So they go back to stage one and then they get to stage two and then they get back to the valley of despair and they're like, shit, this is hard. Let me try something else. And they keep doing that over and over and over again. And that's called shiny object syndrome, right? So you don't want to get shiny object syndrome where it's like, damn, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try that. Like you have to train yourself to get past that mentally because your mind is so strong, right? That's why for me, like I always tell you in this business, I don't went through some shit. People like, I don't went through some shit, shit. (laughs) right? So it's like that can't fold me because I trained my mind to get past that. Like I'm going to get to Stage five, fulfillment, but I'm never going to stop in the valley of despair. And I think people should learn, you know, to learn to train their minds like that, like never get caught in that that stage. But yeah, that's yeah, that's dope, man. And there's gonna be some people who watch this. I ain't mean to forget none of y'all names. You know, JP Hollywood, all my boys have a big support system. So don't be salty when y'all watch this. <laughs> you sure. really cannot beat me. And what? Like you was talking about all that, Mark. You can't beat me. That's really crazy. That's really crazy. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm the best at whatever I do. Whatever I you do. You can't beat me. Hey, um, nah, you can't even check me in basketball. I have a court right there. We're going to play after this. But I appreciate you coming on the show, oh, bro. Oh, man, of course. Not for- <laughs> Shut up, boy. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show, but bro. Please like, subscribe, man. Comment. We appreciate all the love. Um, we got some big guests coming on soon, so stay tuned for all the content. And uh, we hope to see you. Stay tuned. Thank you.